My wife Leanne is sick today, so I'm changing my sermon a little bit, but I'm hoping you're not going to talk about this to her, if that's okay. We can just keep it between ourselves, right? Okay. Leanne really loves dishes, okay? I mean, she, she really loves dishes, especially bowls. Like, we've got enough bowls where we could make 10 cakes at one time, all right? We'd be ready. But if I ever mention that to her, her response is always, and how many pens do you have? Right? Because I really like pens. I mean, I really like pens. And there's lots of stuff. I mean, we all have stuff we like. I like pens, and I like books, and I like clothes. And now that my Christmas list is out there, I can share sizes and stuff later. Just let me know. We all got stuff we like, right? I mean, every one of us, it may be some of that stuff, or you may have different stuff you like. Some people like cars. Some people, I mean, there's some people in the room who are coffee snobs, so they have their own little coffee paraphernalia. Maybe you're a woodworker and you've got all the tools for that, or you like to decorate the house or office supplies. We all have the things that we like, okay? We like stuff. In fact, we like stuff so well, we fill our garages and our basements, and then we have to rent space to store stuff somewhere else, right? Because we want to keep it. We don't want to give that stuff up. Now, I think that we like our stuff for lots of different reasons. One of the reasons is, is it makes us comfortable. Okay, it's familiar to us. I can remember there was a time where I had a really small office, and I could only keep like one little shelf of books, and I felt so out of place the whole time I was in that office because if you've seen my office, the books are the, the walls are lined with books, and that's just what makes me comfortable now. And maybe you've got stuff that's familiar that you like to keep around you because it makes you comfortable. Or maybe your stuff makes you feel important because you know how to use some tools or something that most people don't know how to do. So because of that knowledge, it makes you feel like you've accomplished something, unless you've done something, and so your stuff makes you feel important. Or maybe your, your stuff makes you feel like you've done something you should have done, like you feel like you should supply for your family, provide a house for your family, or clean house, or some certain things in that house. And so since you've done that, your stuff makes you feel like you've accomplished a purpose. You've done something that matters. Our stuff is important to us for all kinds of reasons. Maybe you just enjoy using it. Again, back to the woodworker, whatever that you enjoy doing, your tools, your paraphernalia, make you feel happy. You enjoy it. And so we keep getting the stuff. Maybe some of us went out this weekend and bought more stuff, or you bought stuff that you're going to give away to people who already got lots of stuff, okay? We like our stuff. But here's the thing about it. It's one of those things that, if we're not careful, can really make us discontent. Think about how we've added to our stuff. I did a little research this week, and, and the number of uh, house, new, this is new houses has changed a lot in the last couple decades, or even four. We look back 1973 versus 2013. In 40 years, the number of houses with four or more bedrooms went from 23 to 41%. Even more striking than that, the number of houses, new homes with more than one and a half bathrooms went from 60% to 93%. In most new homes now that are built, there will be more bathrooms than people who live there. Now, does that make sense? I'm not sure it does, okay? But we like more and bigger stuff. And the thing is, we can always look around and say, no matter how much stuff we got, or no matter how nice it is, we can always find someone with more and better stuff, 
right? We can, we can find someone who has a nicer, bigger home. We can find someone who has a nicer, newer, better car. We can find someone who has better tools than us. We can always find someone who has something that we want. Stuff can make us feel jealous. Or stuff can make us feel discontent. And we've been thinking about that over the past few weeks. How we can get discontent. And how we overcome that discontentment. Maybe today it's not so much that you're thinking about luxury as, and you're struggling a little bit as a family to make it. And you're just happy when you've got enough to survive. And wouldn't it be nice to have just a little bit more than that? We're all at different places in this. But but what I do know is that as we think about our discontent, to move from being discontent to content, that what we really have to change is how we think and feel. It's, it's an attitude adjustment. So each week we've talked about how we can change our thinking about something that's going on in our lives. The first week we talked about our families and how we might look around and think, man, that family's got it all together. And then we're suddenly discontent with our own family. Or you look at someone else's work and, and we're not content with our own work. And stuff is the same way. So how do we take biblical instruction and find ways to be content with what God has given us. Today I want us to hear some teaching from Jesus on that very topic. And and he really challenges the way we think, especially about our stuff. But man, I think we can take what he says and and look at several different areas of our lives in which this applies. So we're in Luke chapter 12, third gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John is after Luke. And we're in chapter 12. Jesus really challenges us to think about and change the way we think about our stuff. Verse 22 And Jesus said to his disciples, this is what he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Jesus knows us, doesn't he? If you're a worrier like me, this is the stuff we worry about. We worry about our lives. We worry about whether we're going to have enough to pay all the bills and provide everything that our families need. We worry about our health. We worry about the things that Jesus says here. Jesus knows human nature. And he knew we would worry about these things. And he says, don't worry about it. And of course, a lot of us, our first question is, well, how? How do we do that, Jesus? He continues. Verse 23, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Life is more than just what we eat and what we wear. Maybe where we live and what we drive, Jesus might add in our day. Life is more than that. Verse 24, consider the ravens. They're they're just birds. They don't sow or reap. They can't work. Okay, They don't get a paycheck. More than that, Jesus says, they have no storeroom or barn. They can't collect anything. They can't put away food for winter. They don't have a savings account, a banker. They don't have any of that stuff. Yet, God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Jesus says, look at those birds. And they can't... They really can't provide for anything but beyond this moment. Where's the food for right now? And Look at you. You're so much more valuable than that. So much more important to God than the birds. He's, he's made you in his own image, Scripture says. We don't hear that about the birds. And yet we're worried about all this stuff that God gives to the birds? 
Why are we not trusting God for what we need? That's what Jesus is saying. He compares us then to the flowers of the field. He says, look out at the flowers. And, and if some of those blooms are not going to last past today. And the flowers can't work. They can't provide for themselves. And yet God gives them what they need to survive. Don't you know that, that you live far longer than the flowers? God has made you to last. And, and yet you're worried that he's not going to provide for you. Shouldn't be worried. Then we drop down to verse 29. Jesus says this. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. You don't worry about those things. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, look at the pagans. They are worried to death about their stuff. Well, who are the pagans? These were the people, not the Jews that Jesus is teaching at this point. It's, it's people out there, the Gentiles, the non-Jews, who were in all these cultures out there, and, and they had gods for everything. They had gods for their city, gods for whatever it was their city produced, gods of fertility for the fields and the animals, gods for your family, god of food, god of drink, god for everything. And the job of each human being was to do enough to appease all these gods, these little offerings that they took and put at the the feet of these idols, to appease the gods, to keep them happy. Because if you don't keep the gods happy, they're not going to provide for you. And the Jews looked at that and thought, that's ridiculous. Those gods don't even exist. We worship the one true God, the God who made all of this. We don't have to worry about all these gods. And Jesus says, don't act like that. Don't worry yourself to death over providing for yourselves. Instead, trust this one God who loves you and wants to provide for you. That's the God you've got to trust. And then Jesus turns a corner in verse 32 and helps us to put all this in perspective. He says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And Jesus has been preaching the kingdom since the beginning of his ministry. We finished a series just a few weeks ago about what the kingdom is like, the politics of Jesus, we called it, and laid out what the kingdom of God looks like in our world today and then for eternity. And Jesus says he's given you the kingdom, this incredible blessing. And so our priorities are reversed. Instead of worrying about our stuff, he says, sell your possessions. Like God's going to provide for you. Get rid of what you got. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. And then he concludes it with this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You've been given the kingdom of God. God has invited each one of us into his kingdom to participate and partner with him to be part of what God is doing. And so Jesus is saying, listen, all that stuff that you're worried about, the clothes you're going to wear, the food you're going to eat, the car you're going to drive, the house you're going to live in, listen, none of that matters compared with this incredible gift we've been given to be part of what God is doing. For our lives to be made meaningful, not with stuff, but with mission, with purpose. 
with being with God and doing what God does. We've been invited into that. So how could we possibly worry about all the stuff that won't last as long as we do? And so if I had to boil this down, I'd say it this way. What we value, we pursue. What we value, we pursue. What is important to us, we seek that out. We spend our time and money getting those things, achieving those things. What we value, we pursue. So, we have to look in our lives. We have to ask this question. What does my life say about what I value? How am I spending my money? You know, if we look back over the last month or last six months and say, what does my bank account say about what I value? You might say, well, apparently I value electricity or insurance because I've spent a lot of money on that. But beyond those things that are sort of non-negotiable that we have to spend money on, what would our bank account say was important? Look at your calendar. What's filling up that calendar? Time's important. Time is valuable. What does your calendar say you value? Because you've pursued it with your time. What we value, we pursue. So how does that work? And So let's take a second. Let's connect some dots with this. Okay? We need to be honest with ourselves about where we are and what we value. But, but here's what Jesus is saying to us. It's easy to be discontent. It's easy to be discontent with our family, with our work, with our stuff. You could name lots of other things. It's easy to be discontent in this life, especially when we begin to compare what we have with what other people have. But here's how it's different for Christians. We've been given a gift, and we've accepted that gift in Jesus Christ. The gift of the kingdom of God. And it changes this life and it changes eternity for us. And this great gift makes all the stuff that makes us discontent pale in comparison. It is not the same. And when we're pursuing the things that matter, which is just what Jesus says, make purses that last. In other words, not purses that hold money, not wallets that hold money, but store up stuff that really matters, like helping people by talking to them about Jesus, like pursuing a relationship with God, because it is those things, that's what matters. That's what lasts from this life into the next life. Those are the things that give us purpose. And those are the things that can help us put back the work over this life. What we value, we pursue. And if we pursue the right things, It can make us content with what God has already given us. So how do we pursue that? What's your next step? That's a question we ask all the time. Maybe your next step is, it's time to sort of connect myself to God, and there's no better way to do that than through His Word. I mentioned earlier that Bible reading list is there in your bulletin this morning, and there's lots of ways to read Scripture, but maybe today, and we've had lots of people lately who've sort of asked me this question, I want to study Scripture, but I don't even know where to start. There's places you could start. Here's one. All right, here's one. Let me encourage you, if you haven't been reading God's Word, to take a few minutes, probably 10 minutes, and read those passages this week. It's an opportunity to begin to connect with God, to participate with Him, to do something to show we value what God is doing. Or maybe you're doing that and you say, well, 
really haven't been praying. I don't know where to start. Here again, there's a great place to start. Just look at our prayer list in the bulletin. Pray about your own contentment. Those are two easy things to pray for. Or maybe the next step for you is to begin to serve. Because when we serve someone else, we take the emphasis off of ourselves. We say, we are taking time or money or something valuable to me, and I'm using it for someone else. Someone who has a greater need. And that's, a, that's a step away from being discontent because we are pursuing what God has called us to pursue. So, what do you value? What does your life say about what you value? Because what we value, that's what we're going to pursue. Let's pray together. God, help us to be content. You've blessed us in such amazing ways. In Jesus, you call us into relationship. You call us into eternity. And you call us to partner for this life and for the next with your purposes. But help us to see how huge that is. What an amazing gift that is. God, it's a blessing to us. And we pray today that you fill our hearts with purpose and meaning because we pursue what really is valuable. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we want to give you an, an opportunity to respond to this gift that's been offered to all of us. The gift of meaning and value and what God wants to do with your life. Maybe you've been thinking about this and you're ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins and to be baptized into him, to make that step of commitment to Jesus. If you've made that decision, we want to know about it this morning. We want to see you baptized. Or maybe you've done that and you want to be part of our church. You want to be a member of this church and partner with us as we do what God's called us to do. If you've made either one of those decisions, let us know. Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation. Let's stand together.